0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is FM ninety one. W E G L.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of. Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, Auburn's premier home for student radio since 1971. As always, I'm your host, Jack Hardron, alongside the uh, illustrious Alex Houston and the always fun and exciting Chris Tobias on a Tuesday morning. We'd like to welcome in our listeners and viewers from across the Auburn and Opelika Megaplex, as well as around the world. However, you may be tuning in today, whether that be on your terrestrial radio antenna, through the information superhighway at weglfm.com or by tuning in after the fact on eagle eye tv listening to our podcast anywhere you get your podcast listening to us on transistor.m or if you're watching us on youtube we welcome you into the show as well you can see our beautiful smiling faces of this tuesday morning we are happy to have you here in the booth with us for auburn's only student run drive time morning show and now of course we are broadcasting live from the bradley Basin. W.E.G.L. Studios here in the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University. It is a lovely 51 degrees and sunny this fine Tuesday morning. Welcome you in to Compact Discourse. We wish you a most sincere good morning as we get on with the show and hope you enjoy hanging out with us for the next two hours or however long you have to hang out with us this morning. Alex, how are you feeling today?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Yesterday was the first day of the last week before Thanksgiving break, and it was a pretty good start to the week, so I'm doing pretty good myself.
1: Doing well indeed. It's really winding down, isn't it? As the uh, the days wind on, the leaves fall off the trees, and the days get a little bit shorter every day, so really really getting down to it. Chris? Hey. Good morning, Andre. How are you feeling? Amazing. Great. You sound it. I feel it. I feel amazing. Great to hear. I know you're uh, enthused and dreading the end of the semester for for numbers of reasons, either side. Either way, whichever way the coin flips. Indeed, indeed. And I will uh, throw it over to the one and only joining the show on time as always. Davis, welcome to the show. No one can see you because the hockey team stole my fourth camera, but... Everyone trusts that he's there. For the Davis fans out there, I, I assure you, he's he's right in
2: front of me as I live and breathe. Ah, almost, almost broke. I'm gonna break something over here. I'm feeling good though.
0: You've joined my spot over there, Alex. Yes, I am, Davis. I, I you know, I was, I was Better gonna not ma- get up because I'm stealing it. I was going to make a joke that you were late, as you always make jokes when I am, but I decided I was going to relent today. I have
2: a reason for being late this time. Oh, I left yeah.
0: something at home. I had to go back and get it. When you uh, snooze, well,
2: you lose. What, what? I didn't sleep in. I, I was walking back. What did you I, leave, though? What, I forgot what? my textbook and something else. So I had to run back and get it. That's I was already pretty far gone. Crucial. I didn't right. sleep through anything. Crucial fair enough. Stuff. Fair enough. Mm, fair enough. I'll, I'll
0: withhold judgment for mm-hmm. now. hmm Mm-hmm. Well, with
1: that, I think I would like to remind our audience that if any point in the next two hours you feel so inclined to ask us a question, drop a hot take, or in the highly unlikely event that we get something wrong, if you'd like to correct us, you can go ahead and call in at 334-844-9345. That number again is 334-844-9345. That's 334-844-WEGL on your touch tone keypad. You can also send us a tweet at AU. We'd love to hear from you. I've got the tweet deck right in front of me, so if you send something, I'll see it right away at C-D-I-S-C-A-U, if you have anything to say about anything we talk about on the show today, or you'd like to request us to talk about something, or if you'd like to request another secret 9 a.m. song, we'd love to have that as well. So if you want to hear something, if you're listening to us on a terrestrial radio or WeagleFM.com, we'll play something for you, as long as we got it in our deep data banks here at the Weagle Studio. You can also uh, uh, just, yeah, shoot us a tweet, call in, any way you want to get in touch with us, we are happy to have you here in the booth with us for Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. And with that, we will jump right in. Uh, No show yesterday, as I was uh, seeking gainful employment in a town far away from here, so unable to be in the studio yesterday. Uh, But I would like to give a quick shout-out to everyone over at the Birmingham B&G office, who was uh, so kind to me yesterday, including, you know, Seal Houston, uh, Ashley, Katie, and Dudley over at the Lean Department, who... uh, made my stay very enjoyable over at the B&G office yesterday, as well as Chelsea for helping me through my interviews. So, I want to give a thank you to all of those guys, and hope you're listening today. And with that, we will jump right into the show. We missed out on a lot of sports by not having a show yesterday, including some breaking news that Alex has just brought to my attention. So, I guess we can just jump right in with some college football, including what, Alex?
0: Uh, Justin Fuente, the head coach of Virginia Tech, has been... They are parting ways, is how how they put it. But due to the fact that it is a Tuesday morning at 7:45 p.m. and the team is four and five, I'm gonna say he was fired. A.M. And uh, that comes after a six-year or they're five and five, excuse me, a six-year tenure at Virginia Tech, where his best season was his first season, and since then he's gone nine and four, six and seven, eight and five, five and six, and this year five and five. Fuente came from the University of Memphis. He is the second of, he was one of two former Memphis coaches to be hired to ACC schools, the other being Mike Norvell at Florida State, Mm -hmm. and yeah, so that's what happened there, and a bit of a, not necessarily a surprise, just a very inconsistent season, of course, Tech started off on a very high note with their win over North Carolina at Lane Stadium, it was kind of the first big game back with fans, they played Enter Sandman the whole shebang, and then... Turns out North Carolina's not that good, and then they lost to West Virginia. They barely beat an FCS Richmond team. They lost to Notre Dame, got whacked by Pittsburgh, and then lost to Syracuse at home, a Syracuse team that is not very good this year. So they kind of been all over the place, but really have not put any consistent success since their first two seasons.
1: Yeah, it's uh, been a bit of a black Tuesday over in college football as well. As uh, FIU and Grambling have both fired their coaches, and Blake James is out as the athletic director at the University of Miami after eight years. I would
0: say for FIU, they did not necessarily uh, fire him. Butch Davis says he will not return due to his disdain for the athletic department. Well. So, because according to him, when he arrived, they had shoulder pads that were nine years old. They haven't bought jerseys for, they haven't re, like, they haven't purchased new jerseys in 11 years. He's kind of done. Then again, it is Butch Davis, so. Do you really know? I mean, you never know with that guy. Exactly. I uh I heard
3: about that. But then again, FIU's not really a football giant, so True, but ten years old ten year old shoulder pads is kind of excessive. It's pretty bad. I mean, it's a bad program. True. Do they 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 deserve better the kids the the men playing there playing football there? But uh I don't think that the uh athletic department really cares so. true
0: and, and again butch started the season he started his uh career at fiu in his first years he was 17 and 9 but since then he has only won seven games in the last three years can you so. blame him yeah no, i mean again it's it's due and they also the last two years they have not let him recruit on the road according to him of course fiu has not confirmed any of these reports their sideline like writers and people who've worked with the team, that has said there is some validity to what Davis has said, but again, no confirmed reports. Last name, Davis. I was using his, I was referring to him by his last name. Okay. I don't, I was about to say because I don't have anything to say. Yeah. I am not the coach at
2: FIU. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is not.
2: All right. Well with that, I wish we will do a quick recap of
1: the scores from over the weekend. Uh, to. Prime the discussion for after the break. Uh, Looking at Week Eleven in college football, it was Pittsburgh taking down North Carolina on Thursday night. That one went to overtime. Kenny Pickett led the team with three touchdowns and 346 yards to take down North Carolina, who drops to three and four in ACC play. Pittsburgh now once again uh, enjoying the coastal chaos as always and looking to make a trip to Charlotte with a five and one conference record. Cincinnati does their thing against the Bulls of South Florida. They are just one in five in conference play. Cincinnati improves to six and zero with a forty-five to twenty-eight rout of the Bulls in Ray J. Over in the top twenty-five Saturday games, it was Arkansas who came out on top in Death Valley. They defeated LSU sixteen to thirteen in overtime by dint of a game-winning field goal in the extra frame. UTSA barely hangs on to maintain their unblemished record. They defeat the hapless Southern Miss Eagles by just a mere 10 points in the Alamo Dome. That game was tied in the fourth quarter. San Diego State narrowly takes down a decent Nevada team. Carson Strong uh, comes out with a strong performance, if you will, 350 yards and three touchdowns as the Aztecs squeak by the Wolfpack. It was a Big Ten West showdown in Kinnick Stadium as Iowa defeated Minnesota 27-22 to uh, to improve to a 5-2 and conference record for Iowa. Um... They will be squaring off with Wisconsin, who defeated Northwestern thirty-five to seven for that Big Ten West title. Of course, we all know what happened in Jordan Hare Stadium on Saturday as Mississippi State rallies back in the second half to score forty-three second-half points, uh, or <clears throat> thirty-three rather, second-half points to defeat the Auburn Tigers. Wake Forest gets a much-needed win over NC State. That one was close, 45-42. go the Demon Deacons over the Wolfpack to remain undefeated in conference play. <coughs> <coughs> Ole Miss puts their defense on display as they stifle the a offense. They put up 29 in a 10-point victory over the Aggies in Vaught-Hemingway. Oklahoma State adds to their impressive resume by hanging 63 on TCU, who is a team that beat Baylor earlier in the season, so adding to the Big 12 uh, intrigue there. Notre Dame takes care of business against Virginia, 28-3 in Charlottesville. Baylor takes down Oklahoma 27-14 to give Oklahoma their first loss of the season. Michigan State uh, bounces back after a loss to Purdue by defeating Iowa 40 to 21. Michigan survives a scare in Happy Valley, defeating Penn State 21 to 17. Spoiler makers do not make an appearance this week as Ohio State trounces Purdue 59 to 31. Oregon does their thing against Washington State to. Uh, try to host the Pac-12 Championship 38-24 Alabama has no trouble with New Mexico State 59 to 3 and lastly it was the Georgia Bulldogs too much for the Tennessee Volunteers in Rocky Top Georgia's victorious in that one 41 to 17 those were your top 25 scores from Saturday in college football we'll be talking about those and a whole lot more on the other side of a quick break so keep it right here on wegl 91.1 fm i've got chris tobias i've got alex and davis hanging out with me we'll be breaking down all those college football scores and more including what happened in the sec as many teams were handed unsuspected losses and a whole lot more coming up after a break don't go anywhere you're listening to compact discourse right here on wegl 91.1 fm we'll be back in about two minutes with the rest of the show
0: GLFM
1: Auburn. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL and 91.1 FM, Weaglefm.com, or however you are joining us today. We thank you for choosing to spend your Tuesday morning hanging out with us here in the Bradley based and WEGL studios coming at you live from the campus of Auburn University. I'm Jack Hart joined alongside Davis Carroll sitting over there on mic two. We got Alex Houston and Chris Tobias joining us as well. Let's talk some college football as uh, we did the scores before the break. So we'll do the analysis now as uh, it was an eventful week in the top 25. I would say there was Never a dull moment, lots of intrigue, uh, a lot of close games, a couple rank-v-ranked matchups that ended in spectacular fashion, starting with, of course, Purdue not upsetting Ohio State, uh, surprising a lot of people. You also had Oklahoma being handed their first loss by the Baylor Bears out of Waco uh, to, to improve to 5-2 and two in Big 12 play. You also had... Uh, Ole Miss defeating Texas A&M in a hotly contested SEC West matchup, which, of course, as we know, opens the door up for Auburn to represent the SEC West in Atlanta. More on that later. Um, But you also had, in the battle of North Carolina, Wake Forest and NC State, the only uh, two good teams in North Carolina this year, uh, went at it, and it was a good one as Devin Leary from NC State threw 400 yards and four touchdowns and uh, Justice Ellison for Wake Forest ran in two more. So quite the scoring fest over in uh, – where, where's Wake Forest? I'm sorry. Wake Forest is Winston in the Carolinas. Salem? Winston-Salem, yes.
3: In, in the Carolinas? Yeah, that's yes. where Winston-Salem yes, yes. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you said Salem and my brain thought
1: witches in Massachusetts.
0: Yeah, so. the capital of Oregon, obviously.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, What? And those- huh?
2: Salem. Y'all are so gullible, Alex. It is the capital of Oregon. <laughs> it is. Anyway. Yes. Continue, Jack. All
1: right, well, those were the the the, the four ranked
0: matchups this weekend. What was your favorite? Um, Honestly, I didn't even know whether college ball was happening this weekend. Well, I mean, I did, but then let's just say I forgot about it. But um, what were the games again? Oh, my goodness. I'm like, kidding. Uh, A&M and, Uh, and Ole Miss was pretty awesome. That was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. Vaught-Hemingway stayed pretty great. Uh... You still got to question if Lane Kiffin really wants to still be the head coach of um, Ole Miss based on the amount of times he's like, we could kick a field goal and take the points, but I think I'm going to call a read option again on 4th and 10. So, not really sure what's going on there, but still exciting to watch.
1: I mean, when AM's offense was as anemic as it was, you can pretty much get away with as many 4th down calls as you
0: want. True, but at that point, you could also just get away with taking the points. Auburn football appears
1: in USA Today's misery index.
0: That's oh, a headline that I just read.
3: Great. So, uh, awesome.
1: th- is, does that mean we need to transition uh-huh. to? All right. I think he said the magic word, and now we have to talk about it. I All right. In call. Jordan Hare Stadium on Saturday, Mississippi State Bulldogs entered with a six and three uh, and four and two conference record. Auburn looking the same. Uh, they, they were, I'm sorry, they were five and four. Auburn was six and three, boasting a three and two conference record. Auburn jumps out to a hot start, taking a 28-3 lead before Mississippi State charges down the field to conclude the second half, making it 28-10 at half. Auburn is held to six points in the second half as Mississippi State scores 40 unanswered points, including 33 uh, uh, second-half points to defeat the Auburn Tigers by a final tally of 43-34. to Final stat line for Will Rogers, he was 44 of 55 for 415 yards and six touchdowns. Kobe Hudson for Auburn had eight receptions for 100 yards and one score. And those are your stats from Saturday as Mississippi State roars back to defeat the number 17 Auburn Tigers at home. Reading the quote from USA
3: Today, uh, nobody has ever seen a normal Auburn season. We know this because of history. Auburn's great years are going to be filled with off-field controversies or football miracles, and their bad years are going to be so spectacularly bad that they'll do crazy things like secretly fl- fly Bobby Petrino in on a plane for a secret interview before firing Tommy Turberville, fire Gene Chiswick two years after winning a national, ch- national title, or pay Gus Malzahn $21 million after having him on and off the hot on a weekly basis. Enduring these ups and downs as part of the Auburn fan contract, you just accept it and move on. But constant chaos might actually be preferable to the garden variety bore that Brian Harson's first season has become. What is Auburn this year? It's a team that has won the games it should win and lost the games it should lose. That is, until Saturday when the Tigers blew a 28 3 lead against Mississippi State and lost 43 34. I don't think it's fair to call this season a garden variety first season. Or boring. I think Brian Harson has done a great job. I think there's other issues within the coaching staff.
0: I I don't know. I for one, I always am annoyed by the at least from a national media perspective and outside media perspective, the amount of ah yes, they fired Chiswick two years after he won a national championship, disregarding the fact that he was not the reason they won and was sort of just there as they won. And not to mention, in 2012, they were probably the worst team I've ever seen. The reason they won is because of
3: freak athlete Cameron Jarrell Newton. And
0: because of one very good defensive tackle that made the rest of their defense look half decent when in reality their cornerbacks might as well run around with their heads chopped off for half of the season. But still, people try to pretend that that's some sort of intense controversy. I don't know. This season feels different to me, if this makes any sense, because... For all the Gus years, it was so clear to me that coaching was the crux of the issue. Like, there were so many moments where you just put your head in your hands and go, why the heck are they doing that? And my friend even asked me at the game on Saturday, uh, she asked me, it, which years were easier and more fun to watch, the Harson years or the Gus years? Because she remembers during so many Gus games, I would just go, why the heck did they make that decision? Where in the Harson era, I do that less. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's so much coaching as much as the fact that I just don't think the team is very talented. And I think it's something that, I think a lot of people before the season were sort of accepting that the team was not very talented, but now that they've watched them, they're like, ah, yes, it must be coaching because everyone's fallen back into that. Ah, yes, the coaching is to blame because that's the easy thing to do. But everybody before the season said they were going to be 6-6, and and that's not because Brian Harson's a bad coach. Nobody knew what he was going to be like. They just assumed the talent was not there. And in my opinion, it isn't. I mean... There's talent in certain areas, but that's how Gus recruited because Gus was bad at his job in terms of recruiting. He hasn't recruited a good offensive lineman since 2017, and the one good one that he recruited transferred. So if you don't have talent in certain key areas, the team is not going to function. For example, the offense that Harson and Bobo want to run requires a good offensive line. They don't have one. Not right now, at least. Tank Bigsby finished the first half with 10 carries for 47 yards. He finished the game with 16 carries for 41 yards. How the heck do you have six (laughs) carries in negative five yards? And it's not because Tank Bigsby is hurt. It's not because Tank Bigsby wasn't doing his job, as I heard somebody say. It's because the fact of the matter is I don't believe the team is talented enough. Now, if I'm wrong, by all means, anybody speak up and tell me that I'm wrong or disagree with me. But that's just my two cents on the matter. Davis? I don't want to say anything about the game. Why
3: not? Because I don't. You don't get to just ignore it. It happened. It's reality. You have to acknowledge
2: it. No. Okay, well, Davis is a coward anyway. No, it's not that I'm a coward. I'm realistic. I've, I've moved on. I have a life outside Auburn football. Davis
0: just wasn't here in 2012, so he doesn't know the pain. Anyway. An I was here. I just didn't watch the games. That- anyway. Um, I mean, I'll he, say something I after Chris. That is un- I think that the,
3: the team is not very talented uh, overall. I think that the offensive line is not good, which it seems to be every year, but that's what happens when you get like two stars and at most three stars on your line. Two of their three offensive and linemen uh,
0: are or two of their five offensive linemen are converted defensive linemen. Sorry. And
3: then yeah, when you have two and three stars that are routinely going up against four and five star defensive linemen in the SEC, um, I think our wide receivers uh have on days like uh Honestly, this last Saturday, they were actually catching things, that one-handed catch from uh, – um, Hudson. Hudson, Kobe Hudson. in the end zone was pretty impressive. But then they have games like the Georgia game where you could, you know, toss them a, a light floater and wide open and they would absolutely bobble it and drop it. It's just bad. And I feel bad because I feel like this would have been the Bo Nicks year. And I know that everyone says that. But after the Georgia State game, which he was rightfully benched in – he was playing out of his mind up until probably the third quarter of the Texas A&M game when the defense finally got to him, which I don't even blame them for because if I, I, if I was throwing it to dudes that were not catching the ball and I had to constantly keep scrambling out of the pocket to try and save my life, I think I would regress as well. So, you know, that happened. And then this last weekend, he was still playing well, but then I feel that the play calling got very cowardly we got super comfortable with a 28-3 lead which you would think you would but then when that is very early on in the game that doesn't really mean anything there's still a lot of time on the clock I don't get why coaches get comfortable with these leads really early on when we've seen crazy examples where people can come back like this last weekend I always go back to the legend of Josh Rosen where Texas A&M lost to UCLA when they were up by, what, 21 points in the fourth quarter?
0: They were up 44-10 to at one point.
3: They were up 44-10 to at one point a couple years ago, and they still lost. I will never be comfortable with a lead in college football, and coaches should feel the same. Stop running the ball up the middle two times just to chuck it deep on the third play and get nothing. Keep piling the score on until the other team is forced to quit. That
0: should be the mentality. If if I may, I think that sort of was the what uh, Jack. I mean, you you, you may. Uh, so um, like I think that sort of was the mentality at the start. You've got the end of the the first half drive where they're trying to go down to get some points, and Bo gets sacked, and then he throws a pass sixteen yards behind Kobe Hudson, which actually that was probably a better play because it would have been stuck in the middle of the field, and they would have ran out of time. But they tried to score points there. No, they and very then-
3: clearly got comfortable with the lead and would just started. Running it up the middle. Davis and that's... I complained every dr- every drive
2: because it was like a three and out. And they go for their tunnel screen. No, that's okay. So they go so... And run up the middle and then it'd be third
0: down and they'd either go for intermediate or a deep pass it and just... it failed every time.
3: It was awful. It was just
0: awful. Because to in watch. the in the first half, Mississippi State had not been able to stop them running the ball. And what I was saying no, was w- they opened uh-uh. No. That, that is true. In the first we half were They were
2: passing more. Uh-uh. But we in the first passing. half, they couldn't stop them. And, and then in the second half, when they started to stop us, what did we do? We kept running it. Even
3: because though they th- were stopping the run, you said yourself that he you had, what, 49, 49 yards in the first half,
0: only to finish the second half with six more carries
3: and five less yards? Because
0: they assumed the offensive line would do their job. Not I, to mention, as I was saying... <clears throat> So they uh, they end the first half trying to put some points on the board, remaining aggressive. Then it's just a kick that Anders Carlson does not make. That's what happened at the end of the first half. There's not a shaking your head. That's not. That is in fact what happened. Yeah, but it was and because
3: then, of awful play calling that we got ourselves there. Twenty-eight to ten is what they closed out the first half in. And then rather than realize, oh, Mississippi State might come back because they also got ball at half. Which, by the way, they did score on that drive. Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: They, we didn't stop them another drive we after that. did not that. stop they did. Them Second half, we did not stop drive. them one time. And then rather than realize,
3: oh, it's it's now 28-17, uh, to 17, let's start playing aggressive again, they decided to keep trying to do this. Freaking, That's not what happened. They, yes, it on, is. On
0: their first drive in the second half, they opened with a jet sweep to Demetrius Robinson, and then they threw yeah. it two times, and it was a three and out, and they gave the ball right back to Mississippi State because they tried to be aggressive and throw the ball. They then adjusted and tried to run the ball because they realized their defense could not stop and they need to give them a breather. The fact is, nothing worked. And the fact is, by the time they finally got the ball back again in the third quarter, because Mississippi State runs a very slow air raid offense, it's a very unique offense, Bo got hurt and he was not capable to throw the ball because every single throw you could watch him fidgeting with his left leg because I did notice that I pointed was, it out to there the was TV. there was a throw he threw to Shanker that was like sixty feet above him it was a bad throw out to the right side and then you could see him messing with his leg because he was hurt by the third quarter they were also handicapped on that part of the offense and then the offensive line just stops doing their job specifically they tried to be aggressive for two drives at the end and it kind of it kind of bit them. That doesn't Both change times.
2: the fact of the matter that the play calling was still terrible. You call you called three runs of the middle in a row, you don't try anything else. I mean it I'm- looked like a gus offense. It the, looked like a very bad. You, you can't offense. just say, "Oh, well, all this happened, they but did, the play because, calling was okay" because it was not. So they had one drive where they were aggressive
3: in the entire second half. It was the first one. It didn't work. And rather than be like, "Well, let's," if keep you know, Bo's put
0: in put in TJ earlier, put in Demetrius. Why did to they do something? If you know, he broke his the, ankle. I'm pretty sure he did not know that he broke his ankle. I'm well, just, they should have known something. If they go, I, "Oh,
2: this guy is not able to pass currently, and to win this game, we need to pass. Maybe we should put someone in that can currently pass." Well,
0: maybe what they also know is something that i think everybody's starting to figure out right now is the fact that the gap between bo Nix and tj finley is massive
3: yeah people have If if you I feel like football, a hurt bo Nix
0: and a
2: healthy tj finley are closer than
3: you think i've seen tj finley make some pretty impressive plays he's not better than bo but i'd rather have him out there than broken ankle bo Nix.
2: because if, if if we can at least have a pass game instead of having bo stomp his ankle at every drive after they run up the middle two times on a a tunnel screen to the left. I'd like that.
0: And not to mention, they did also try and be aggressive sometimes as well, but then Demetrius Robinson dropped a pass over the middle that would have been a first down. They dropped back to pass on first down and both fumbled the ball. But even then, that's like three times in the the
2: entire second half. And they know
0: they cannot stop them on defense.
2: They knew they could not. We did not stop them one time, and they still insisted on doing terrible play calls. Which is
3: why you've got to run the ball if you can't stop somebody. What if you cannot run the ball? I and think when, when they went up, they were still running the ball. You cannot run the ball. I would rather pass because it was clear they that the, the, part, the They could not stop the pass. They could not. The weakest part of that defense was
0: clearly. Mississippi State could not stop the pass. Well, they did a few times, which was enough. To, and then there were enough drives. We for, stopped them a few times too in the first half. We stopped them the entire first half. And doesn't then mean they, they gave up on the pass.
3: On. Eventually people get tired, and their cornerbacks were clearly the weakest part of that defense. We, hit,
2: we kept getting the middle wide open every single time, but instead they were like, oh, let's go two post routes and then just have John Samuel
0: Shanker do a little curl. And then a lot of their receivers did drop some passes in the second half as well. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that, but you just got to
2: get back up and try again. They'll catch it eventually. Shooter's going to
3: shoot, but you know what? They piled the points on, and they scored freaking 30 unanswered. I think Mike Bobo can
2: learn learn a lot from Mississippi State's offense.
3: I think Mike Bobo should not be Auburn's offensive coordinator and probably never should have been.
1: Oops. My bad. I disagree with that, but – teach their own I suppose. It seems like a sufficient number of coals have been poured on the fire for today so at this point I will uh you know I don't know much about coaching a football team but I don't know something something bulletin board material I'm looking at 95.5% chance for Auburn to win I don't know I might just I might just print that out and hang that in the locker room maybe just, just a thought so uh we'll we'll uh, continue talking about this on the other side of a break we'll be right back with some more compact discourse plenty to get to if you got something to say about the game and I know you do go ahead and call in 3248449345 we'll be right back
3: w e g l Auburn.
1: Welcome back to Combat Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, just the bottom of the hour, 8.37 AM, welcoming you into the show. It's time for your Auburn weather update. 55 degrees and sunny currently right now on the plane. 73 degrees is your high. 44 degrees is your low. You can find some shade today. It will be nice and cool. 63 degrees is your morning temp. Might get up to 68 this afternoon with clear skies and sun. Clear skies this evening as well. It'll cool off when the sun sets at 440 p.m. to 54 degrees in the evening, 46 degrees overnight. So not quite as cold as this weekend, but certainly getting there. Uh, plenty of visibility as uh, it will be clear skies throughout the day. Winds will be very light and variable across the, the sky. And uh, looking ahead at your 10-day forecast. Uh, it looks like more of the same for the next two days. Highs of 75s, lows in the mid-40s. So uh, it looks like a nice week to be outside and enjoy the autumn weather. The leaves continue to change and fall off the trees. So enjoy it while you still can. And looking ahead to Saturday and the weekend, it will be highs in the mid-60s. So we'll continue to cool off. And I'm not seeing a high above 70 in the next 10 days. So uh, enjoy the fall weather as it is uh Few and far between in the uh, in the Yellowhammer State, so enjoy it while you can. All right, with that, we're going to jump right back into the show, but that indeed was your Auburn weather update. Auburn weather. You can listen to WEGL at the top of every hour to hear a Auburn weather update as well, so keep that dial right here on 91.1. We also have some other good shows coming up today, including the Why So Serious show from 5 to 7 p.m. tonight with the Root Brothers. Potentially J.P. Williams. You never know who's going to be in there for the Why So Serious show. That's going to be a lot of fun for two hours tonight, starting at 5 p.m. And then right after that, you got the Golden Oldies with Dr. Epcat from 7 to 9 right after that. So four hours of really fun music here on WBGL 91.1, starting at 5, ending at 9 p.m. tonight. Just keep that dial right here on the Big 91. But... Once again, we'll be here until 10 a.m. talking to you. Once we get out of here, two hours of rock music, as always. And that's going to do it for your Tuesday schedule. So get excited for that. And with that, we're going to jump right back into the Mississippi State versus Auburn game. Alex, opening statements on the defense? What do you guys think of the defense? I'm very curious. You can't cause... throw your opening statements to us. That's
0: uh, not how opening uh, statements Sadly work. not, Alex.
2: You have to say it yourself.
0: All right. All right. F- fair enough. I mean, honestly. The defense, one word, tired. Honestly, at the end, yeah, again, there was, there was the I fact they were both. on the field constantly, and not to mention, like again, I just don't think they had the talent on the back end. But again, you know, hey, Roger McCree l- looks pretty cool once a decade, so I guess it must mean that the entire defensive backfield is incredibly talented. They aren't, I mean, in my opinion. And I think that, therefore, gives the, – gives, I mean, think about it. Where is the strength of this defense? Their defensive line is not very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, T.D. Moultrie gets more penalties than he gets sacks in a game on a, on a weekly basis. And then from the defensive backfield necessarily, I think there's a lack of just overall talent. There are good players there, but I just don't think there's enough to be able to run any particular defense that works. I mean, you rush, you rush three hoping your defensive line will get home or hoping that you know you give your defensive backs eight guys to cover the Mississippi State offense and it doesn't work. I don't know. I'm less critical of Derek Mason because again, I've seen him make great adjustments and make great uh decisions in games past where I, when it doesn't work, it almost seems more like the team itself is confused rather than he made a bad call. But what do you guys think? I don't think Derek Mason is the problem here,
3: honestly. I just think that <clears throat> the the secondary is weak and the defensive line, while still good, is probably the worst it's been since before I came to Auburn. I mean we've been we've been blessed with some pretty amazing defensive players. Uh I mean, I remember you know Derek Brown here the last few years, what's his name? Um the guy that used to do the uh Jeff Holland. Jeff Holland, watching him freshman year is pretty amazing. We've been we've been really lucky with some super talented defensive linemen but um you know, eventually that was going to Come to an end. Not saying that the defensive line this year is bad. They're just not as good as they have been. It's the secondary that's bad. And I think the secondary has always been bad for Auburn. You know, you have NFL analytic people absolutely salivating over Noah Igbenogany, but I don't think I ever saw him make a play against a team that wasn't, like, one that we paid to come here, you know? Like, the intangibles can be there, whatever. Who, who is, who's the cornerback that NFL people are salivating over now? M- uh, Roger McCreary. Roger McCreary. Yeah, he had that one play in the first quarter where he broke up the pass, and then after that, wide receivers in, were just torching him. In
0: us. his defense, he is probably the best player on the in that defensive backfield, and especially in man-to-man coverage. But they have to run zone because a lot of the guys, at least. From my interpretation, I don't believe Derek Mason thinks they can cover people one-on-one. McCreary can. Jalen Simpson can. can but I, in terms of the likes of Zion Puckett and Nehemiah Pritchett, they've gotten beat by everybody under the sun when they're in man coverage. Yeah. Georgia, for example, they tried to run man and it didn't work. It so cannot. No, but um,
3: even Smoke Monday has regressed since last year. He was really good last year, probably the best player on the defense. And then this year, I feel like every game, Jack is pointing out some sort of missed coverage or, or, or play or something that was botched because Smoke Monday wasn't where he had to be. Um, but, you know, he's got the name recognition. He's not the worst player on the defense, but he's regressed from where he was. He's probably top top four, top five defensive players on, on Auburn right now, but I don't know how much of, how much that is saying something, you know.
0: Yeah, I think people seem to forget that last year the defense was pretty bad. It was despite Despite being led by the almighty Kevin Steele, who could do no wrong for a four-year stretch where he couldn't. They had great defense from 2016-2019. They were bad last year, and they lost more talent from last year. They did not gain a lot. There are not a lot of standouts or people that have joined the team that are really making a difference. Derek Hall, Colby Wooden, and TD Mulcher are the same guys who run the defensive line last year. They're the same ones this year. They didn't gain anything else. And I think – I mean, there's just not enough talent across the board for this defense. And same goes for the offense. There's, this team is just not as talented as I think people were thinking it is. And I think the reality is, as much as you can chalk up to coaching in certain aspects, I mean, there were a lot of plays where it just looked like people had no idea where they were on defense, which, is that really coaching or is that players just not understanding their assignments and their roles? I don't know. I'm not a coach. I'm not a player. I can't give some inside assessment on that it was
3: it was unbelievable how many times mississippi state gained yardage or gained first downs on just on slants i mean it felt like at one point in the third quarter they were doing like the ncaa hold y call the same play slants and every time it would work i mean That might, that's probably, that's probably something that I put on defensive coordinator. That's probably something put on Derek Mason. There was zero adjustment to try and stop those slants. I mean, they were hitting it every single time, I feel like, in the third quarter. It was always the
0: slant. I think part of the problem was the fact that their scheme worked in the first half, like, completely. Mississippi State gets one touchdown at the end, but outside of that what they ran worked the entire time. And then Mississippi State made the adjustment and Auburn did not, of course. But I think that was part of it was the fact that it did work in the first half.
3: Yeah, but when do you finally say, all right, this isn't working anymore? Is it when you blow a 28-3 lead? Is it when after two offensive drives, they are now within one score of you in the second half? When do you finally say, okay, maybe we need to revisit this? Because it shouldn't have been. (laughs) It shouldn't have been with two minutes left in the fourth quarter or whatever it should have been when you realized they were moving down the field and that a 28 and three means and lead means nothing in college football
0: on that we agree
1: yep Zacoby McLean and chandler wooten led the team with 13 and 10 tackles respectively so as always it's up to the linebackers to do it all for the auburn defense and they can only do so much and uh it showed on Saturday as the, uh, the air raid got to him, and it uh, proved to be just a little too much as uh, Mike Leach and his team does get a win in Jordan-Hare as a result of any number of factors, you name it. So with that, we will head to a quick break. We'll be back for the final segment of the first hour in a few minutes, and when we return, much more to discuss here on Compact Discourse. Don't go anywhere.
0: This is WEGL-FM Auburn.
1: welcome back to compact discourse right here on wegl 91.1 fm got a little more college football news to hit before we head to the top of the hour break alex your microphone is on no more Spider-Man talk. <laughs> apologies. <laughs> apologies, everybody. I, I we will just, get to Spider-Man talk later on in the show. Now only stuff I've already seen. After oh, the, uh, all, the, all over it. After the, I uh, heard Spider-Man was there. After the secret 9 a.m. song plays, which you can only listen to by tuning in to WBG on 91.1 FM or our live stream, uh, there will be Spider-Man talk at the, at the start of the next hour. So if you're excited for Spider-Man coming out on December 17th, stick around for that. we got some experts ready to weigh in on uh, all things human spider. Hmm. All right, uh, some stuff that happened in college football other than Justin Fuente and Auburn blowing a 28-3 lead. Uh, Texas lost to Kansas. Yeah! Auburn fans, it ain't that bad. At least we're not
3: Texas.
0: Yes, at least you
1: did not hand Kansas their first road conference win since, wait for it, 2008. Yo, that's the Mark Mangino era! (laughs) I love it! That was uh, also the year that Kansas won a national championship in basketball. So Ah, what a,
0: what a year for Kansas.
1: Great year for KU athletics.
3: Everyone shed a tear for Chris's fantasy team. <laughs> I scored the most points I've scored all season and still lost. That's unfortunate. Unrelated, but I'm checking the app right now and I would have beaten literally any other team. So also, Jack, if
1: if they I had I, that they had that Paul Pierce magic in Austin last night. If I may, not last night, you mean.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know. Um it's, it's yes. Tuesday. <laughs> The so the the 2008 season is the most recent winning season for the Jayhawks, and they have gone 25 and 115 since then. Yo, awesome. Could be worse.
3: Jayhawks. They have beaten um, Texas twice.
0: They have
1: beaten Texas twice, and they got a win in Austin uh, by a final tally of 57 to 56 in overtime. As Texas is not. As Texas is not back. Uh, well, they are back to losing to Kansas, if you will.
0: Yeah, it's it's really bad, and you know the the argument has to be had of Tom Herman was not that bad. They were seven and three last year. This year they're they're terrible. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful performance from Texas. And the reality is, I don't know how it's gotten so bad so quickly because again, they were not that bad last year, not at all.
1: Nope. Uh, Jimbo Fisher also had a pretty awesome quote saying that he'd be the dumbest human being on earth to recruit such a strong class to Texas A and M and then leave that said class to go to- coach at LSU, which I think is an awesome answer. Which
0: is exactly what he said when he was at Florida State, essentially. I mean, I, I mean no disrespect to Jimbo, but I don't course, like Jimbo. You wouldn't want to
1: disrespect Jimbo. But
0: with that in mind, I mean, coaches have said similar things before. I mean, how many times – you can play the clip of Nick Saban saying I'm not – how many times do I got to say it? I'll say it 37 times, not going to be the Alabama coach. Then he's on a plane to Tuscaloosa from Miami like well, I'm four not days going later. i so quit asking. Exactly. Like, I, like, I mean no disrespect, but – like, Jimbo abandoned the sinking ship that was Florida State. Now, Texas A&M is not necessarily a sinking ship, but LSU is LSU. And one is easier to win at than the other because one is just has more history than the other, and one is just a better overall program than the other in history. So, I get it, but, like, also, I'm not going to believe it till I see it, which that's mm-hmm. when LSU hires a new coach. Yep. And oh, that's, uh, that's sh- we got plenty of, plenty of candidates
1: for that, including uh, Mario Cristobal. I don't know. People just say anything, don't they?
0: I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Mario. Lane Kiffin. <laughs> um, I don't know who LSU is going to go after. I would imagine it's going to be Lane because he is, you know, the hot ticket coach right now. I mean, he's the guy that everybody's going to be going after. But I don't know exactly who LSU can go after. You know, I'm trying to think of past coaches. Dave Aranda, a good, a good option in my opinion. Yeah, I want to talk about him in a minute too. Sounds good to me. Oh, okay. You're done? I mean, I, I, I. I sorry, I, I, I. mean, I just couldn't think of any anything else outside of Aranda, Kiffin, and Cristobal. Cristobal, Oregon fans are kind of done with Cristobal, as far as I can tell. So maybe First he'll he comes be to Auburn. What? He's coming to Auburn. Well, why? Why on earth would never? Because I want him to. You, you, you,
1: Really,
2: Davis? We need an Italian coach. It's about time. Now that Chris and I have our speaking privileges, back. go, go ahead and go ahead and say your two cents, Davis. I want Cristobal because I
0: think he's cool. That's all I got. Such an expert analysis from Davis. Truly unlike anything we've ever heard yeah, before. Yeah, from the guy that doesn't watch a lot of college football. What else do you want me to say? I don't know. Can you know, we Davis. talk about his,
2: his dog's eating habits or something like you would? Yeah.
0: What? When have I ever uh, mentioned anything like that? He's being ever. hyperbolic, Alex. You ever heard of it? Oh, Here's yeah, you definitely analysis. have. Whoa, Davis is a little <laughs> angry this morning. <laughs> you got me riled up after Auburn football somebody, talk, Somebody Alex. didn't get his nine hours of sleep last I night. I got oh Somebody go get Davis a granola bar. You're not you Failed and your are Failed bangers. Hungry. Try that one again, Alex. Eat a Snickers bar. Davis. as long as it annoys you, I consider it a success in my book. All right,
1: so Dave Aranda, <laughs> get this, goes for a field goal even though his team was already winning, right? But it was actually not him being vindictive, um, but it was actually to try to claw back his way into the Big 12 standings because, as you may know, the Big 12 does not have divisions. It's just the best two teams out of – the uh the 10 teams in the conference and currently he's knotted up with the two Oklahoma teams for the top three spots he's sitting at three with a five and two record while the two Oklahoma schools are sitting (coughs) at six and one uh so what Dave Aranda was doing there if you were a bit perturbed by going for a field goal while you're already winning uh he was trying to get the tiebreaker points in order to squeak his way into the big 12 championship
0: thoughts on that Alex um I am very curious to see, like, I did not know that it was, came down to point differential. I figured if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, they're in. Like, I because at, at the current juncture, then it'd be, like, say, 6-2 Oklahoma, 6-2 Baylor. Baylor has the tiebreaker win, I figured. But, so, I mean, wouldn't they have, they have all
1: beaten each other at that point?
0: Well, yes, they have, but still, it's, it comes down to the fact that you have the win over that team. Like, yes, Oklahoma State beat Baylor, but... You beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma's not beaten Baylor. I don't understand mm. why this is, why that, why this is the way that it is. It doesn't really make any sense to me, to be quite frank. But I mean, hey, I, I love the Big Twelve chaos. And I mean, right now Baylor has two winnable games. Their focus is on Bedlam because you know they got Kansas State next week. They got Texas Tech the following week at home, which Texas Tech did recently fire their coach and then actually won a game after the fact, which I think is kind of kind of insane. They beat Iowa State forty-one to thirty-eight in their first game since firing Matt Wells. So that's that's something. But, I mean, I'm confused by that. But good strategy on his part. Also, Oklahoma looked terrible. Davis, what did you think about Spencer Rattler getting back in? I didn't notice. Really? It was insane. I know he's your favorite player, so I, I figured I wanted to ask. Did he right. play good? Um, I don't know. Caleb Williams got benched, and he came back in. Why did he get benched? Because uh, Caleb Williams bad? was uh, – apparently he <clears throat> was.
1: So at the time Baylor defeated Oklahoma, Iowa State had not lost yet.
0: So, oh, so, that's OK, why,
1: that's Dave Aranda was uh, was thinking about I, the, the, the attack of the clones But team. Baylor has mm. beaten
0: Iowa State. So that doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm just telling you what Dave said. Well, Dave clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. So I'm a, I'm a
1: little concerned because th- this doesn't make any sense. Anything that makes Lincoln Riley upset is something that makes me happy, though. That, so.
0: that I can support. All right,
1: with that, we are going to head to our top of the hour break, and we hope you join us for the second hour. If you cannot join us for the second hour, we thank you for joining us for the first hour. We will be hanging out with you until 10 a.m., so keep it right here on 91.1. We'll be back in about five minutes. Uh, We might even have the secret 9 a.m. song playing, uh, so keep it right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. We shall be right back in a few minutes. What's up, everybody? It's uh, 9 a.m., which means it's time for the secret 9 a.m. song. Chris, how you feeling? You're listening to Mountain Song by Jane's Addiction. Oh, he buried the lead already. That's right. Mountain Song by Jane's Addiction is the secret 9 a.m. song for today. If you have a secret 9 a.m. song you'd like to request, you know how to do it. Call us in, 334-844-9345 or at AU. Once again, you can only hear this if you're listening to us on beaglefm.com live or by tuning in your radio from 8 to 10 a.m. Monday through Thursday. All right, without further ado here's jane's addiction mountain song i
0: want that wall crawling arachnid prosecuted i want him strung up by his web i want w-e-g-l auburn
1: welcome back Wegl 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hard, joined alongside Alex and Davis and Chris welcoming you into the show today. Uh, let's pull up our beautiful three box camera. Three box, because once again, the hockey team did steal my fourth camera. If you don't believe me, uh, there there's a beautiful black screen where Davis should be. Might be an improvement depending on who you ask, but we'll head back over to the three box as the peanut gallery continues to make jokes. Um, we are available to follow on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at WEGL underscore AU on all three of those platforms. I think uh, we even posted a TikTok on our Instagram story. Is what I was told yesterday. So check that out if you haven't already. The guy in it's pretty cool. So we got that. We've also got WeagleFM.com. You can check out all of our articles. We got the sports team working super hard writing articles. We've also got plenty of entertainment news as well um, album reviews, concert reviews, and the like. We also got the schedule there, and a direct link to our Twitter podcast, Weagle Sessions, everything we got going on at Weagle. It's You can find it all at WeagleFM.com. So that's where you want to go. That's the jumping off point for the web. All right, with that, we're going to jump right back into the show, and it's the top of the hour. So, of course, we have to change topics. And I don't know about you guys, but... Uh, I heard
0: Spider-Man was there. Uh-oh! That
1: is, that is indeed true. Uh, December 17th, Spider-Man... Something something home comes out. No way home. No way. That's home. why I have
3: to be Spider Man. No way home. That's a reference to something.
1: I, I I don't I don't understand. I didn't. right. Uh, Spider Man is coming out. This is some kind of the thrilling the thrilling I'm not really conclusion sure of the Spider Man saga. <laughs> You're gonna carry that weight. Is gonna come out in December. Is that is that accurate, Davis?
2: I don't know. The conclusion. Spider
1: Man will perish it is
3: the it is the conclusion of the home trilogy is what it's, they said and if if uh <laughs> it's anything that go off of according to Tom Holland i don't know how much of a reliable narrator he is he isn't he did say that this movie is not going to be happy it's going to be very sad and very dark so i'm going to hold him to it cuz i'm starting to get sick of the i think a lot of people are starting to get sick of the marvel formula of you know witty jokes and and whatnot and it took people a lot longer than myself to 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 get there i i checked out um during Endgame. i'm glad i did because it seems like every movie since has been the same movie just with a different character
0: it's it's very much yeah i, I think I, davis and i have talked about it extensively at this point where yeah we're very much tired of the mcu formula but hey maybe to mario will be there Uh, That's the the,
2: the only movie I'm excited for in the MCU right now. I'm kind of excited for Multiverse of Madness. They better
3: hope that this one works because I think that everyone is finally starting to catch on with the Eternal reviews being pretty mid-tier, which is uncommon for the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe.
0: Exactly. And I, th- I think that, that shows that the formula is waning on the lesser known heroes. For example, Spider Man's always going to be money. Like Amazing Spider Man 2, which is one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen, Facts. made $700 million. Spider Man sells because Spider Man is one of the most popular superheroes in the history of humanity. Because he's the goat. But huh. with that in mind, you know, you're seeing that the lesser known heroes are not able to survive the MCU formula because the fact is, without that drawing power, what are they? They're the same as every other character, really. There's nothing that stands out. Where Spider-Man, they have that lore in the background to where people can really enjoy him. Where I think this one, again, should be ballooned by the fact that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe and Thomas Hayden Church and Jamie Foxx will all be reprising four well, those roles. first
3: two are not
2: confirmed. True. Andrew Garfield's saying, we'll see. He's not even denying it anymore.
0: And as Davis showed me yesterday, there is a photo of Zendaya at this thing, and then also Tobey Maguire took selfie with the fans at this same thing. And based on the two photos, Dang. they were like feet apart from each other, so there's that. I mean, I imagine they'd be in it. I feel like... They're probably going to be in it. If you don't put them in it, it's a bad PR move for just the movie itself because people are so much expecting it now. You almost... You can't not. Not to mention, again, what what is the point of getting back all these villains if you're not going to have... You know what's the point of going through the multiverse to not show the heroes? It's like it's like going back um, through, like say DC did the same thing. It's like we're going to go back and see Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, but not have Michael Keaton's Batman. Like you got to have them both show up. Same principle here, in my opinion.
3: I, I'm. I just want to know how they're going to justify bringing them back to life, because the two main villains that they've been um, advertising both died. They're very dead.
0: The, the Doc Ock one is more, you could say, ah, when he's falling down in the water, he suddenly gets sucked it, uh, out through the multiverse. That's right. like the prevailing theory. That one makes sense. He was dead.
2: Well, or it's just they're from another universe where Spider-Man lost. Ah, yes, that also is I that. guess.
3: I guess they could just be like, oh, they're alive in this one.
1: Does Marvel have
2: to play by the rules of the first three movies? Though? No, I mean, they reinvented. They should. They, 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 if they want to have favor with fans, they they need to. I mean, but, yeah, because yeah.
0: the Endgame stuff kind of blew up in their face when they just reinvented rules of time travel that kind of made no sense. So I think within blew
2: up in their face, meaning they made a billion yeah. dollars. I don't one think Endgame
3: had any negative things said
2: about it. I'll be honest, Alex, Alex is the only person that I hear gripe on it consistently. Well, yeah, I didn't like it, but I mean, yeah, maybe, I know. <laughs> maybe,
0: maybe, maybe that. I mean, what is that a bad thing to not like? No, it? No, it's not a
2: bad thing to not but like it. But just, I think you're applying you your, your disdain know. for I it heard to everybody else. I don't I don't care about. Got it.
3: Name one.
2: Name one other person that cares
0: about it. Uh, well, the people I saw the movie with seem to care about it, which included my. Mm-hmm. Did they care That's about one. it because
2: you wouldn't shut up about it? No, not at all. In fact, I I'm did. Sorry, Alex. About I'm it. being mean.
0: <laughs> you are being mean, Davis. It's what I expect. You don't really have much else to contribute. So that sounds about right. <laughs> but That's even meaner than anything I like did. Too
3: old, you're like an old married couple, of you two. Anyway,
1: I can't sit anybody next to anybody in the studio. <laughs> well, Davis and I aren't I even have, next to each other. I know, but yeah, I can't have him next to Chris because they started yucking it up on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> he lo- look, at this, look at this! Look
2: at this! Crazy! This, look at this uh, you this can show crazy, your camera. Look at this! You can crazy show your Hawkeye camera as well.
1: Po- okay,
3: we're talking about Marvel. The Hawkeye show is coming out pretty soon, which apparently people are super excited for. I don't. I do not care. But they released. We they released this god awful poster. That's an official poster. It might be one of the worst posters yeah, I've ever seen. Hawkeye and Hawkgirl. I don't know what her name his, is. His, it's his, his, his. We do not care. His Harris or whatever. And this dog supposed dog. to be winking? Yes, it's, <laughs> it's, pe- like it's
1: a, a pizza dog or whatever. It's like a
3: Hallmark movie <laughs> <laughs> poster. Is this, this Christmas.
2: I assume this
1: guy who is Hawkeye. Yeah, it's is Jeremy Renner. Why does he look so despondent?
2: He's deaf. <laughs> he is deaf. <laughs> he is deaf. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, yes, uh, so that's that no reason to be in the sad. So, I don't know. That's the only reason.
0: Like, <laughs> according to you, Davis, being deaf therefore requires him to be. Quote, he can't hear any of the happy music going on around.
3: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is it's a circus. <laughs> it's so,
3: okay.
0: Here, hey, hey. Okay, get that <laughs> dog. Here's here's you my here's tonight? my theory. Do, do,
2: do. Here's I'm my shooting shoot arrows. Oh, I'm doing my... visual things. Don't have a camera. <laughs> I'm gonna see that. that that's hawk unfortunate. With my eye. Davis was shooting arrows. Uh, I'll say
1: I'll
0: that. Switch over to Davis's camera. There you go. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, why don't you take us out for this break? I feel like it was just a means to distract everyone from the bad Spider-Man poster. It's all just every poster. Which is also very the bad. Spider-Man, yeah.
3: which which is- poster is also very bad. Talk about the cinematic
1: universe. Now they're using them as diversions and posters.
0: Exactly. It's quite something. I mean, they're terrible. I'm not excited for anything other than Spider-Man and maybe Doctor Strange. Davis, what about you?
1: I only care about Spider-Man. I heard Spider-Man was there. All right, plenty to get to. Entertainment chat will continue on the other side of a break keep it right here on wegl 91.1 fm hanging out with alex chris and davis until 10 a.m so keep that dial right here 91.1 fm we'll be right back with some more chat on the other side of a break don't go anywhere 91.1 wegl fm auburn university Welcome back to Compact Discourse, right here on WEGL ninety one point one FM. I'm your host, as always, Jack Hart, joined alongside Chris Tobias, Alex Houston, and Davis Carroll. We are hanging out with you on a Tuesday morning, getting excited for the holiday movie releases, as it is uh, other than the summer. Correct me if I'm wrong here. The biggest time for movies to come out in the year? Yes, it is. So, uh, yeah. What else is coming out this holiday season that we were excited about?
0: Well, honestly, I can't remember there being that many big ones coming out in December. I'm going to go ahead and double check. I think The
2: French Dispatch might be getting a wider release, maybe. I'm not positive about that, though.
0: That's one that I have heard about as well. Also, this is really a hot moment for trailers because a lot of... January and February is kind of considered the dead month for movies. Like, when movies go there, they fail. February and January tend to have the lowest revenue of all uh, months in terms of movies. Okay. So this is where they release a lot of trailers for March and April and May films. Because that's when really the big promotion starts. And then your May, the 3rd, May 4th uh, weekend is really the big weekend building up. But Spider-Man and MCU stuff is kind of the big stuff right now. What about the
1: Kurt
2: Warner movie?
0: Oh God! The one
2: that's gonna be bad—the Hallmark Kurt Werner movie. That's, I mean, it's what
0: it looks like. It looks awful.
2: A man bagging groceries. Never knew that he could—that he could bag
0: trophies.
2: <laughs> he could go from throwing lettuce to throwing touchdowns. Throwing lettuce? I don't know. What do you throw if you're a shop? If you're if you're a a, a grocery bagger or a stockkeeper?
1: I, I don't
0: know. I don't oh, know. okay. So there's <laughs> exactly house... throwing house... tomato cans. Right. I've got a couple. Uh... House of Gucci is gonna release November twenty sixth, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Adam Driver, Ugh, Jared Oscar Leto, bait. Lady Gaga, Al Pacino, that's probably true. Uh Licorice Pizza, which is the next uh, Paul Thomas Anderson film. He makes some traditionally very odd movies. It looked kinda good though. Encanto, uh the which I I actually do wanna see yes, that. Yes, I, I assumed Davis would want to see that, what one. Is that one.
2: It's a new Pixar. It's a new Disney movie instead in like Mexico. It looks really
0: good. Yes, exactly. And if then, you want
2: Davis to watch your movie, just put something Spanish in
3: it.
0: <laughs> Hey, I mean you've tra-
2: you've cracked the code,
0: <laughs> basically. Yeah, uh, West Side Story, the remake, with directed by Steven Spielberg, is coming out on December 10th. I'm not excited. Lin Manuel that yeah. Miranda, that's yeah. a different one. Let's see, we've got um, The Matrix Resurrections is coming out no- December 24th. There's been one trailer for it, and the hype is kind of not built for it. It's coming out when? Uh, December 24th, the day before Christmas. There's no way it's coming out in December. Then, Look again, I mean, no, Neo. It, it literally. And then The King's Man, which is uh, a <laughs> prequel to The Kingsman, He's is the coming King, out man. on the same day. Then there's The Tragedy of Macbeth, directed by I Joel Cohen, starring Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand, and a host of other people. Sing 2, also coming out December 24th. What is Amer- uh, Sing 2? Yeah, instead of Sing 1, Sing 2. Anthony uh, McConaughey's
2: in that. Mike yes, Ray
3: Liotta, Gorilla Dad. And then,
0: <laughs> and then, uh, American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story, starring Zach, yeah, Zachary yeah. Levy, Anna Paquin, Dennis Quaid, and Adam Baldwin, one of these seventy-five Baldwin brothers. And then the last Watch movie in out. December <laughs> is. But Sir- i don't wow. hope he doesn't play a cop or something. Oh my, God. y'all got to stop that. That's 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 foul. And then into January, you've got Scream which is Scream 5, but they're just calling it Scream. Sesame Street's thing a movie. Is the A a 5? No, actually, it's just Scream. Is the E a 5? No, it's just Scream. <laughs> <laughs> Are any of the letters 5. Is the knife a 5? No, it's just Scream. <laughs> um, starring all the original uh, characters. It could be called
2: Screams, and the second S could be a 5.
0: And then Morbius coming out this Janu- January 28th. Boom, that's, not care. who cares? I yeah, I lack like excitement for that, too. I'm just saying.
3: Sony's like, so an- let's make everything without...
0: Morpheus
3: Morpheus A film I think you you
1: failed to mention Alex (laughs) is um, The Ark and the Aardvark Coming out on December 30th 2021 I did not see that From the directors of Kung Fu Panda An aardvark named Gilbert lands the job of (laughs) shepherding All the animals onto Noah's Ark starring miles teller that's not Ginny real no White, way that's not real and miles teller my is... personal favorite aubrey plaza so that's is this the real. film
0: that he shut down production for that's if very you guys would like to
1: join me on december 30th 2021 i will be watching arc and the aardvark that's not real jack
0: i mean this as nicely as i can put it no his name's gilbert isn't
3: knuckles and aardvark He's in a kid now.
2: Craig
0: Robinson? What the
3: heck? Which one's an Ardvark?
2: None of them are Ardvark. Arthur's an Ardvark. <laughs> Gilbert's an Ardvark. Oh, no, Arthur's an
0: Ardvark. <laughs> <laughs> Ardvark uh, uh, Arthur not does not look movie. like an Ardvark, but a there's a
2: new movie. Norm of the North movie.
0: <laughs> uh Jack, this movie is releasing in twenty twenty three. Why did Movie Phone lie to me? <laughs> this movie is yeah, there's not even a trailer for it yet. There's very light concept art Norm to the north I've got a poster of it right Let here Let me see Yeah, there's one poster for it <laughs> What does it say on the poster, Jack? From the directors of Kung Fu Panda Art of do- the art It doesn't say a release date It says it right here on movie phone It says TBA <laughs> on every single one F-O-N-E I can find
3: phone? Not reputable Okay it's Ark and the Ark. Ardv- Jack the this is, and the
0: artvark This Whatever. is why you don't have a movie podcast. Yeah, this is why I'm not on Between And the brother, lines. it's
2: starting to rain. <laughs> you better see, <laughs> you, you fight, better like, you're fight the- like you're the last artvark <laughs> <laughs> And brother, it's starting to rain. What All is right. happening? Well, well, I've received fight it. like you're the third artvark coming to the Ark and brother, it's starting to rain. One more time. A we'll, bad get piece it. of
1: information. I got it. But Miles Teller will be Gilbert. Aubrey Plaza will be Brain. Rob Riggle Ooh. will be the Todd.
0: <laughs> Jenny Slate will be Mitzi. <coughs> Who's gonna be Noah? Ooh, Craig Brain. Craig Robinson will be <laughs> Clyde. Fun fact: <laughs> uh, the director has been nominated for one Oscar. He also worked on Shrek, Shrek Two, and Madagascar. This is gonna be great. Aubrey Plaza. Oh, but he also brain. he also worked on James and the Giant Peach. Let's go! Yeah, I love that movie. What a crazy
3: movie. A good movie. I Love that movie. Based Cannot off, wait. Based off a book. Is
1: Ar- the Ark and the Ardvark based off of a book? As of October 2016, the
2: film is in production. Yes. He also
0: he also directed Excellent Sherlock Nome. Gnomes, the sequel to Nomeo and Juliet. No, that's a
2: spin-off. It's barely a sequel. It's a sequel.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough.
3: They just couldn't do any more Shakespeare, so they went He's to Sherlock. Al- oh, he
0: also was the voice actor in uh, Kung Fu Panda. He voiced the Rhino Guard. Oh.
3: I, I remember him. Johnny Depp was Sherlock Gnomes <laughs> I think people forget that.
0: <laughs> I forgot that.
2: Well, James I'm... McAvoy's Nomeo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And Emily for... Blunt's Juliet. <laughs> I'm Who sorry is... for railing
1: movie chat with Ark and the Yardvark No, that was Nomeo Juliet stacked.
2: Mary J. Blige's Irene. Chill till sg Dr. John Watson. Michael Caine's Lord Redbrick. Elton John's
0: in it. Maggie Smith. Jason Statham. Yeah, Stephen Merchant. I'm just saying, Nomeo and Juliet, most <laughs> underrated movie of ever. And take. Don't say that statement. My <laughs> Wait. <laughs> my, <'cause> brother's, <laughs> my brother's literature teacher was teaching them Romeo and Juliet, and she's like, field trip, let's go see Nomeo and Juliet for a good comparison. That's like my teacher that played
3: epic rap battles of history so we knew who Stalin was. <laughs> who that here was knows last, who Stalin is? That was two weeks ago.
0: Two weeks ago? <laughs> rap, yeah. rap it,
3: Jack. That's how your generation learns. He said... Do any of you know who Stalin is? And because we don't like talking in class, no one said anything. And he said, oh, you guys need to know who Stalin is. This is how your generation learns. And then my eyes in horror watched as yeah. he typed epic rap battles of history <laughs> Stalin. Cool
1: mustache, Wario. <laughs> <laughs> Look up the rest. That's the recommend day. All right, when we come back, Davis has to go see a man about a horse. He will not be joining us for the final oh. half hour. We got weather. We got exciting stuff coming up. We got wreck a A new thing I'm starting where we recommend things. So uh, get ready, Davis. Get ready to listen to that and not say anything. Uh, With that, we'll be back in about two minutes with the final half hour of the show. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Chris and Alex and Jack on the Compact Discourse show. We shall be back with some more in about two minutes. After a break, don't go anywhere. Back to into compact discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com, Eagle Eye TV, YouTube, now or however you are joining us today. Welcome in. Thank you for choosing to spend your Tuesday morning with us here on the show. I've got Alex and Chris hanging out with me, but first we got to get to your Auburn weather report. As it is the bottom of the hour, 9:30 a.m. Uh, Davis, of course, had to go see a man about a horse, and he will not be returning. So that party can really start now Uh, It 63 degrees and sunny. It's warmed up a little bit since this morning as the sun has come out high of 72 today, low of 45. Today's forecast for Auburn, Alabama will be a morning temperature of 65 degrees. Afternoon temp up to 69 in the sunshine. Low chance of rain there. Clear skies throughout the evening. 54 degrees will be your evening temp with an overnight temp of 46. Sun is going to set at 440 p.m. So perfect weather for the Weagles to pick up a playoff victory tonight in our intramural flag football game. Yeah. Winds light and variable, five mile per hour, blowing east right now. Visibility super high, 10 miles any direction. Humidity of 61%. And we are rapidly approaching a full moon. So there's something to be excited for for the lycanthropes out there your 10-day weather report, we're looking at a high of 75 and 73 for Wednesday and Thursday, respectively. It's going to cool off over the weekend, highs in the mid-60s with lows in the high 30s to mid-40s. And a very minimal chance of rain, 12% on Thursday, but that's about as high as we're going to get. And looking ahead down your 10-day forecast, I do not see a high over 70 degrees, folks. So uh, bundle up and stay warm as autumn is here to stay for quite some time as we move into the Thanksgiving holidays. Looks like... uh, Thursday, the twenty fifth, here in Auburn. If you're sticking around for the holiday, will be sixty three degrees, is the high, forty eight's the low, twenty four percent chance of rain, and mostly cloudy on Thanksgiving. So get ready for that, as we are all excited for a week off from school work, and we are very sad to take a week off from compact discourse. I know. Mm. With that, we are going to jump right back into the show with Reca Monday. Uh, yes, it is Tuesday, but as uh, there was no show yesterday, Reca Monday has been punted to Reca Tuesday. And with that, we'll be recommending things that we have been enjoying as of late to perhaps add some fulfillment to your life. And uh, maybe maybe if you'd like to recommend something to us, you can always get in touch at AU or 334-844-9345. And with that, we'll jump right right in. Chris, would you like to start? Um, sure. I got two recommend days. Um, the first
3: one is a book I finished recently called not a good day to die. The untold story of Operation Anaconda, one of the earliest um, operations in the war in Afghanistan. Uh, first use of conventional forces in Afghanistan. Uh, I know that if you're not if you're not in the military, you know you might be like, why would I want to read this? But it's a great example of what happens when basically higher staff mismanages things and how it affects people on the ground. You can read it if you're in the military and see the um, how you know generals and stuff mess stuff up, or you can look at it from the point of view of a company of how you know a CEO or something will mess it up for the guys down in the line or in the factory or whatever. So it's a pretty good story, uh, some brave heroism, um, and uh, some pr- pretty good stories there. Good learning experience. Uh, the second recommendation is a. A good snack hack, if you will.
0: Good grief.
3: (laughs) If you uh, like to consume large amounts of protein like myself uh, and you don't have the time to cook or anything, you can take two to three scoops of your favorite protein powder and mix it with just a bit of uh, almond milk or, you know, milk if you like that. I do almond milk. And then you mix it up and then it becomes a pudding-like consistency which is referred to as sludge, uh, protein sludge, protein pudding. Very yummy, very scrumptious. And you can put bananas and berries and nuts and peanut butter and and whatever else you want to put in there for a nice, healthy snack or a good meal. Those are my recommend
1: Awesome. I don't know if I will be trying that. (laughs) It's very good. It sounds pretty yummy. I had it for breakfast today. How was it?
3: It was good. I okay. didn't want to put anything in it because I was too lazy, but I did so have had... three scoops of protein. It tastes like pudding. It tastes like pudding.
1: So what flavor protein powder did you use? Chocolate. Chocolate. I'm a big
3: chocolate guy. And almond milk? Yes, chocolate and then a bit of almond milk, and then you just keep mixing it till it becomes a pudding-like substance. Yum. Yum.
0: Each yeah, I'm cook. not going to do that. No, <clears throat> no disrespect. The book sounds really cool, though. Eat your concrete. Eat your like concrete.
1: I also have a book that I've been reading. Um, it is called... How to Hide an Empire. Uh, this is a very interesting book about the American history, but from a different perspective, which is a, it's a fun thing. If you already know a lot about American history, to kind of see it through a different lens. So this book is by Daniel Immerwahr, and it was uh, published in 2019. So it's a fairly new book. And basically what it is, it's a book about American history, but it includes and focuses on the parts of America outside of the continental United States, 48 states, and explains why they were often forgotten from history, even though they were, by and large, part of the American uh, people and country, despite not being officially states. So it's kind of a a redux, a twist on American history that's taught me, even as someone who knows a lot about American history, uh, has taught me a ton of stuff I did not know, Basically, every chapter has something I didn't know about, because uh, when you learn American history, when you take your AP classes, you're learning about the continental 48 states. You know, you, you don't learn about Puerto Rico. You don't learn about Guam. You don't learn about Hawaii. You don't learn about Cuba. You don't learn about the Philippines. And all of those places are very integral to the American experience and American history. And it also talks a lot about why exactly those are excluded from history, what you know, factors leading up to World War II, protectionism, exclusivism, nationalism. All these different things that lead up to uh, the the world wars and the cold war and the spanish-american war all these different things Uh, there's a lot of reasons why we don't talk about these aspects of history and it's important to kind of blow the dust off of them and understand why we don't talk about them and to fix that to talk about them and start the conversation so i've been really enjoying it it's uh it's, it's full of anecdotes light stories fun stories it's not a very it's pretty light reading uh for being a heavy subject matter but is very enjoyable, and it's, uh, it's pretty compartmentalized. So I've been enjoying it, and I would uh, recommend that, recommend, a How to Hide an Empire, A History of the Greater United States by Daniel Imrevar.
0: That is my recommendation of the day. Awesome. Very nice, Jack, very nice. Do, do I go? You yeah. can go. <clears throat> okay, well, I got, I got one. I was thinking for a second. I was trying to uh, figure it out, but I've got uh, actually a TV show. On Hulu it's called what we do in the shadows it shares the same name of a movie that came out in 2014 directed by and starring Taika Waititi who directed Thor Ragnarok and it is a mockumentary style show that follows uh, four vampires and their human companion essentially as they just mess around for three straight seasons they're on their third season right now and I personally have always really liked mockumentary style shows I always liked Modern Family and like I know The Office is a very similar format as or not very exact similar format and yeah, it's just really funny. It's very crude, I will admit, and that's kind of almost implied in the name. I told somebody the name and like, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. It's not really necessarily that crude in terms of how what the name implies, but it's really funny and I it's on Hulu and they just released their third season and completed it all just this year. So all ten episodes of season three are there. Just thirty episodes. each episode's twenty minutes. I think it's hilarious. It's because it's just Following them as there's not like any particular main recurring plot, it's just them messing around for 30 episodes. And yeah, I really like it a lot.
1: That's it's very interesting. interesting. I saw that um, it looks like Jermaine Clement is the creator. Yes. So it's based on the Taika Waititi book. Yes, exactly. So both halves of Flight of the Concords are in on this. What interesting. What?
0: Flight of the Concords. They're uh. banned. Oh, I, I did not know there was a band.
1: Oh, you didn't know about I know. Flight of the Concords? I must admit I did not. Jermaine uh. Clement is Tamatoa from the hit Pixar film Moana, The Singing Crab. Seriously? Yes, of course. Wow. Jack, you've got all this background information. I don't know how you do it. I know silly things. Nothing important. Fair Awesome. Enough. So, yeah. What We Do in the Shadows TV series looks yes, very
0: interesting. On Hulu. It's hilarious. I'm on the Wikipedia article right now. Oh. as, as I'm on the movie article for it as well. Cause it, yeah, the movie came out in 2014, then the show released in 2016. Very
1: interesting. All right, well, that was Rec a monday coming at you live on a Tuesday, as there was no Monday show once again. But if you have something you would like to recommend or you have some feedbacks, if you try and like or dislike something that we've recommended on the show, we would love to hear from you. Of course, 334-844-9345 is the number and at C-D-I-S-C-A-U is the Twitter account. If you would like to tweet at us while we are live or while we are not live, we would love to read from it either way. And with that... That concludes Reca monday I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. I hope you weren't too put on the spot by that.
0: You're talking to me. I mean, I was not. I, I, mean, I it was the able, royal you, both of you. I was able to come up with something quick enough, I think.
3: I was ready. He's ready.
0: Chris is ready to go.
3: Stay game. ready. Always stay ready.
1: All right. With that, we are going to <clears throat> head to a quick break. And when we return, uh, we will continue the discussion here on Compact Discourse. A lot to get to. We'll make the, extra, the last segment extra long today. And with that, we will be back in about two minutes with the final segment of the show. If you have something you'd like to talk about in the final 20 minutes of our time together today, you know how to contact us. We'll be right here on the Big 91, WEGL 91.1 FM, the Superstation, broadcasting live since 1971. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. dun 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 dun, dun. Stampede go, you Dallas Cowboys, Go.
0: Cowboy. Shoulder. Should
1: he be fired? Absolutely. Will he be fired? Never. I'm telling you, he love him some
2: Jason Gary, okay? Jason Garrett can lose every game. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Akron, touchdown. Unbelievable. Akron, touchdown. Unbelievable. Akron, touchdown, un- I dwell on the past.
1: Welcome back into Compact Discourse uh, this morning welcoming you in to the final segment of the show. We will be spending the final segment of the show talking about the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> for 20 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Da, oh. da, 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 oh, that's not da, even the
3: same. Da, 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 da. Please da, stop da, da. it.
1: I dwell on the past. Anyway, that was Cowboys Corner. Uh, long-time fans of the show will remember that from over two years ago at this point, back on the Extra Point. Uh, my freezing cold take about Jason Garrett will live in infamy as part of the Cowboy C- Corner intro. But with that, I think it's a great segue into talking about the National Football League, which continues to find new ways to bore me week in and week out. Um, but I think it's worth talking about.
0: No. Alex? What?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, no, so you said you had breaking news or whatever,
0: so I was kind of waiting for you to open with that. I well, figured. I, let's do the scores
1: first. <laughs> the breaking yeah, news is the future. All right. I think we'll just contextualize this discussion by talking about what happened over the weekend in the NFL. Let's hit it. Okay, on Thursday, in a game I hope you didn't watch, the Dolphins beat the Ravens 22-10. It was a bad game. On Sunday, the Cowboys beat the Falcons by 40 points. So exciting. The Titans uh, improved to the one seed in the AFC as they defeated the Saints 23 21. The Colts narrowly squeaked by the Jaguars 23 17. Patriots blow out the Browns. 45 to 7. The Bills blow out the Jets. 45 to 17. In overtime, everybody loses. The Lions and the Steelers tie 16 apiece in probably the worst game of the year. Yeah. Tom Terrific makes his journey to the nation's capital and gets schooled by Taylor Heineke. Washington football team defeats the Bucks 29-19. Uh-oh, I'm back. Cam Newton defeats the Cardinals 34 to 10 as P.J. Walker goes 22 of 29. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's back too, don't forget. Uh, Vikings defeat the Chargers 27 to 20. The Eagles take down the Broncos 30 to 13. And in your primetime games, the Crackers blanked the Seahawks 17 to nothing. Aaron Rodgers went 23 of 37 in that one. And on Sunday Night Football, it was the Chiefs. All over the Raiders, 41-14, to as Pat Mahomes throws for 400 yards and five touchdowns. On Monday Night Football last night over in San Francisco, it was the division-leading Rams coming to town and limping away as they get schooled 31-10 to by the 49ers in those throwback uniforms. And that is what happened this weekend in the NFL. I hope you enjoyed all of it. Uh, the games I watched were not good. Uh, that would have been the Dolphins-Ravens game. I think you can squarely file that as not good. I think you could watch the Lions-Steelers and game and say that was
0: not good. It was kind of funny for a second. It was pretty funny. I it's, mean, I won't lie. I was we ru- were watching. I was rooting for the tie. The fact that the Lions are going to find a way to go 0-16 again because they're going to have <laughs> one tie is the best thing in the history of humanity. I think there were three fumbles in overtime.
1: It was they're, hilarious.
3: It was
0: awful. Jason Rudolph I- attempted 50 passes which again that that's how you know you're doing bad when you've got that awful quarterbacks throwing the ball that much. A game no I respect to Mason Renault, but he hasn't been good since his sophomore year at
1: Oklahoma State. A game I did watch and enjoy was the hapless Panthers heading into State Farm's arena stadium, State Farm Field, and destroying the top-seeded Cardinals by a final score of 34-10 to in the return of the prodigal son, Cameron Jarrell Newton is back, baby.
0: I'm going to be honest. I think part of the problem with the league this year is that you can't tell what's going to happen. Like, the Cardinals, I know they have Colt McCoy, but to let – Carolina score thirty-four points is kind of insane. Alex,
3: you seem to forget that this is the year and always has been. We needed the slow start to build up the story. What story is that? The return of the king, Super Cam, the GOAT, the greatest quarterback in Panthers franchise history, and inevitable Super Bowl MVP, Cam Newton. It's a feel-good story that the NFL needed because, oh, my God, has the season been so boring. His it's,
1: first two touches were touches, touchdowns, that is. <laughs> yamo.
0: His, his first two touches were, wow, Jack, truly exquisite analysis. Yeah, you, don't there, don't get that. you don't get that on ESPN, folks. You do not.
3: The NFL needs this. Like, I'm not even like not, – not even like, as a Panthers fan, but the NFL needs this to happen because – the only news you see from the NFL is how angry it makes everyone. Every the the infamous already Bears Steelers game from last week, where what's his face got a penalty, Marsh, yeah, for staring at the Steelers sideline. I mean, you have players, and then the ref hip checks him on his yeah, way back to the his ref own sideline, checks him before tossing the flag. I mean, even the players currently in the NFL are speaking out against the NFL and how awful it is. We had a freezing cold take at the beginning of the season thinking that this was going to be the fun one. And God, do we look like a bunch of idiots right now sitting here in the studio because this season has been atrocious. I
0: mean, the reality is the officiating has been the story too many times. There's been too many stories outside of the games themselves, you know, like. Well, i That's because the, they're looking for anything to talk about. Uh, yeah, the uh, games you know, have too much boring.
1: inconsistency.
0: You have. I mean,
1: of course, any given Sunday—that's why you watch the NFL. Which uh, you need a healthy level of parity, but you should not have the Dallas Cowboys who get down thirty to nothing to the Broncos one week, and
0: then get up forty points on the Falcons the next. The inconsistency is bordering on insanity at this point. It's, it's almost th- too hard to keep track of because there's just so much of it. It's not the good type of like any given Sunday. It's yeah, I would I would agree with that. It's, it's who's it's- starting
1: a guy you haven't seen since 2010 this week. It's very well, much <laughs> like.
3: I didn't even know Colt McCoy was still alive, <laughs> let alone starting for the Cardinals. <laughs>
0: so, Jack, what was your breaking news that you had hinted at before the break? Well, I think if you check
1: the schedule for Week Ten, you may see an interesting matchup in Charlotte on Sunday. Oh gosh!
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Sorry, I need to stop yelling. If yeah. you check the, uh, if you check my location on this Saturday, you might just notice that I'm just a mere two and a half hour drive away from said game. Are you going? And uh, I, I think if you check my, my, my pocketbook, it may be a little bit lighter at the end of today because I think I'm going, Alex. I think, oh I think I'm going to witness the Washington football I team think two versus Cam people, Newton versus Ron Rivera versus the greatest game ever played in the history of the NFL this I, season. I think two
3: of the three people in
1: this room are probably going to be going.
3: Three of the. Oh. If you had asked us
1: earlier, it might have been three of the four.
0: I will not because I'm not giving Washington a dime. But I suppose <laughs> with that with that in mind, that that's going to be fun. We're it's going to be a crazy game.
3: We're going to be linking up with the DeBias extended family on Saturday to hopefully watch Auburn do anything against the the Gamecocks.
1: I mean, TJ Finley did dot up South Carolina last year. Yeah, well, True.
3: you know, I'm not I'm not holding my breath. I'm excited about. Cameron Jarrell Newton, the person be that got me game. into sports in the first place. I guarantee Bank of America Stadium is going to be The reason Stadium Chris Tobias is out. sitting
1: in Auburn, Alabama today.
3: Literally. Fun fact. The whole reason I even knew about Auburn was because Cam Newton went here, and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be silly if I visited the school that my favorite NFL team's quarterback went to? Well, the joke's on me because I loved it, and now I'm here. There Dang. you go. Five years Dang. later,
1: he's here.
0: There you go. Um, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Uh, perfectly perfect matchup, nearly for Carolina because Washington is without their two top pass rushers. Montez Sweat's jaw's broken and Chase Young's ACL is no longer functioning. What so. did that happen? Did Geno Smith punch him? Uh, no, actually, I'm not sure how it happened, but Washington is currently missing nine starters. So,
3: oh, that's... this is shaping up to be. Well, I don't want However, to say anything because this NFL season has shown that if anything's going to happen, the Panthers are going to get blown out by 80. But this is shaping up to be a, a magnificent return of the king.
0: It's going to be a very interesting game to see. <laughs> Washington's going to have to figure out ways to adjust their defense to the fact that they are without their two best pass rushers and first-round picks. They do have three first-round picks on the defensive line still, but they will be without Young and Sweat, at least as far as I can tell right now.
3: I'm but even packing my Luke Kuechly jersey. I'm so as, excited. As
0: far as I'm concerned, I'm on cloud nine because Heineke once again looked like a Hall of Fame quarterback against Tom Brady, which never ceases to amaze me. I've so always liked Heineke. I, I, I still, yeah, I enjoy when they play the Bucks and Bucs. I wasn't even watching the game. Like I was like, I don't have time for this. I got homework. I don't want to add any more stress to my schedule. And then my dad's like, are you watching the game? And I was like, I guess I'm not. And then I it turned it on, and it was insanity. It
3: makes you wish that he would have been the starter for Carolina all those years ago. But the Carolina team was so god-awful that literally the first play of the game, uh, our offensive line had an aneurysm or something, and Taylor Heineke got sacked and broke his ankle or something, thus leading to the Kyle Allen saga that we all wish we could forget.
0: I don't know, Davis. I remember Davis on uh, the original – uh, iteration of from the bench arguing with me that Kyle Allen is the future I will forever
3: clown him for that anyone that ever thought Kyle Allen was anything more than quarterback filler should be embarrassed with themselves fair point,
0: fair point, now with you guys going to the game could you do me a favor and uh, bring a sign that says Dan Snyder sucks and could you hold it up at the, at the game hey, we should hold up the entire full page
1: ad he took out in the Washington football team program from last Sunday he t- he, what? there was an entire full page spread about Dan Snyder are you serious? Ooh.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: he's. Let he, me be clear when I owns say this. He the football team. I know he does, but who?
3: What do you mean they took out an ad? Like, like it's look, just like look, a look how great this guy
0: is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Essentially, despite the fact that he is one of the worst people in the history of professional sports. I don't know. Sports. I
3: don't know, Alex. Would he? Did Dan Snyder single handedly line up against the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football?
1: But
3: no. No. Yes, he did. That's a deep cut
0: South Park reference.
3: <laughs> hot, hot. Hot. <laughs>
0: I do not understand that reference, I must admit. I do know that time where they changed the name and they, know, they got it trademarked. I remember that.
1: I know
3: Jack knows it. He's I just, know I know he's it. He's not showing any reaction because he
0: didn't like it. Jack, you didn't like it? I'm I'm, I'm going to text you the picture of Dan Snyder.
3: <laughs> hot, hot.
0: Fair enough. But, yeah, if you guys could do that, that would be pretty great because he is awful and the people need to know. So Let the people know. Let, let the people All know. right. Um, if you weren't tired
1: of 28 to 3 jokes on Saturday, don't worry. You'll get some more on Thursday as the Falcons take on the Patriots at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, what the Thursday, heck? On Thursday night Sorry. football.
0: What's on Thursday?
1: Thir- <laughs> <laughs> it seems Alex has just received the text message I sent him.
0: <laughs> what is this nonsense? Oh, my love
1: that guy. So, coming
3: why up Why does on- he look so long?
0: <laughs> More importantly, there are not there is not a page full of good things to say about that pile of garbage. So he I don't know be why
3: Jokic in the paint. What is he doing owning the the, the Washington football team?
0: <laughs> I mean, seriously, I want to zoom in and read some of this. Let me let me let me, let me see if I can, if I can All right, let's zoom in. A self-made man and entrepreneur. Oh, please. What is this garbage? He's defrauded half the fan base. It doesn't matter.
3: A Washington football team fan to the core. He sued
0: a 75-year-old lady during the recession because she couldn't pay for her season tickets because she lost her house.
3: Listen, Get out of here. He's just doing what he's got to do for the team. He's, oh, my gosh. He's on the grind. He's <laughs> How else are you going to bring attention to What, al- what else we got? What
0: else team? do we have? Um... <clears throat> Oh, what what do we got? What, we got the. Uh, is there, is there a part about retiring Sean Taylor's jersey to distract from the controversy? Turns out he uh, tried to pay hush money. No, they, they, there's not anything about. It. Oh my!
3: Hush money for what? You're saying I'm not familiar with the lore of oh, the football team. Oh, so
0: um, recently there was a significant amount of harassment allegations against the organization tenfold from. Oh, years, I remember that for years, and women have come out and accused them. There was this huge Wilkinson report uh, that the NFL like investigated the whole thing, and then it came out that the Washington Football Team attempted to pay the women uh, to make the women sign or offer the women to sign uh, non-disclosure agreements and pay them money so they wouldn't talk about the scandal anymore.
3: I I do recall that. I I guess Dan Snyder's thing almost worked because all I remember of that whole saga is, um. Patrick Mahomes' brother stepping on Sean Taylor's number. Yes,
0: that yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I'm glad
3: you brought it back to my attention. Renegade, Alex. renegade. As oh as is as historically I have done since I was born, I will continue to not support the Washington football team.
0: Under his leadership, the team has maintained its place in the top tier of the world's most valuable franchises. No, I'm sorry. Not I'm not really
3: saying much what you're doing well in the NFC East. I'm just saying.
0: Except the problem is they aren't doing well in the NFC East, Chris. That's the issue. Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs>
0: hey, man, that's what it's all about.
3: <laughs> the Clay Thompson. Stans. Davis and I read each other's minds. I made a basketball reference. That's I think you might be well...
0: – Listening actually, to the show? No, actually, there's no way he is. He's Davis,
1: blink twice if you're listening to the show. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll check it out on your camera. All right. Well, some good news to end the show. Uh, concurrent with Executive Order 44042 and associated guidance from federal contractors, beginning yesterday, Auburn University will no longer require face coverings in most campus buildings for those who are fully vaccinated. So uh, enjoy that. Breathe easier out there, Auburn. And Cameron is uh, back. Enjoy your day. Was that? Cam Newton's back. Cam
0: Newton is back. Taylor Heineke's a Hall of Famer against the Bucs.
1: So Battle of the Panthers quarterbacks on Sunday. Ron Rivera will be there. Christian McCaffrey will be there. And, of course, Cam Newton will be there. Wait, wait, wait.
3: Can we close out the show with a quote from Taylor Heineke? Okay. Uh, When asked about Cam Newton coming back for the home game, Taylor Heineke, the great guy he always is, says, it should be fun. He's like the god of
1: Charlotte. I think that's a pretty good quote. I think that's pretty apt to the situation. Also,
0: uh, Caleb Jones just posted this. Cam Newton won a national championship in Arizona. His debut was in Arizona, and he returned to Carolina in Arizona on the same stage. I think so. to this
3: day his first start is the most passing yards he's had in a game.
0: It is, actually, if I, I believe so. Chaos. Arizona. Ooh. Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> with Jagu-y that, thing. With that's that. the word of the
1: day. With that... We're going to end the show. Thank you so much for listening to Compact Discourse right here on... W-E-G-L 91.1 FM, however you joined us today, whether that be from your radio antenna from WeagleFM.com, by listening to our podcast or watching our YouTube stream. We would like to remind you that all of our previous episodes are available as a podcast, absolutely commercial break-free, wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Compact Discourse. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CDISCAU, that's at C-D-I-S-C-A-U for links to the podcast, information about the show and important updates. You can also tweet at us to get your voice on the show and join in the conversation on Auburn's only student run morning drive time show you might also want to go ahead and follow wegl on twitter instagram and TikTok at wegl underscore au that's weagle underscore au as our dedicated team of marketing professionals it is working tirelessly to provide you with high quality content for fans of the station and with that for jack hart chris Tobias, alex Houston, and davis carroll this has been another exciting episode of compact discourse We will wish you a great rest of your tuesday we will be back tomorrow wednesday at 8 a.m for another exciting episode of this show as always this is jack hart signing off war eagle go one and oh and enjoy your maskless day
0: Right now, we don't need more engineers.